Hello and welcome back to the 62nd episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have the lovely Ashley Downing with us as well. Hello, hello. Alrighty, guys. So we have a really dope uh, topic for you today. We are going to be talking about something really interesting near and dear to our own hearts, uh, something that we have been working on for the last like a few days between Ashley and I to kind of uh, respond to the need for action right now. Um, we've been seeing, uh, as I'm sure you all have been seeing, a lot of protesters going out um, and protesting the the end of the stay-at-home orders that they are going through in our own their own states. I know I, I had mentioned uh, Ashley before the episode started that in Chicago today there were. Um, a good amount of people in the loop. It was a, kind of like a smaller protest necessarily, but I mean, it is, for the times that they are, I feel like it was decently sized. Yeah, the videos looked like a lot. Right, okay. Um, but uh, once again, we are gonna be talking about uh, that issue today. Um, and we're gonna start off with a video talking about um, how like the Occupy movement, Occupy Wall Street movement really started like the, the foundations of it and like um, a lot of the financial aspects of it too um, when it comes to hoarding wealth and whatnot. Uh, we're also going to discuss um, why the people are kind of protesting in the wrong way uh, right now, what they should be protesting, and we're going to point you guys in the right direction. Um, at the end of the video with our own kind of uh, direction where we think this should head. Um, and I'll start, I'll start off by saying it. We think that the pro, um, that you guys should protest the two party cycle. That's going to be the hashtag that we would want to trend um, among the people. And this is, once again, um, uh, a comprehensive way to respond to what's been going on. Obviously, we are not promoting everybody to go out and do what those people did earlier today and have been doing, like meeting up and like risking themselves and their health and stuff. So um, we're trying to do it responsibly. Let's use the power of social media. Uh, everybody's on their phones anyways, sitting at home, chilling. Let's just, um, let's do something proactive that it's going to move our democracy in a, for, uh, in a in a more positive way so let's go ahead and jump into it guys um so let's start off with that video uh, it is a video by the guardian and like i said it's basically like an overall gist um it's titled 99 percent versus the one percent um the data behind the occupy movement so i'm just gonna put it back a little bit and here we go enjoy we are the 99%. It's the rallying cry of the Occupy Wall Street protesters. They say that a tiny minority controls America's wealth. So, how rich have the richest got? And how poor are the rest of us? Is it really 99% versus 1%? The richest 1% of the U.S. population, they own a third of U.S. net worth. So how did we get here? When times... Oh, really quick, I wanted to mention. Um, that is different. So this video, I wanted, I failed to mention in the very beginning, this video, like I said, it, it kind of prefaces or talks about the Occupy Wall Street movement, which once again was a movement in like around the, the early 2010s. So this was from 2011. Um, so mm -hmm. things are a little different. You're going to see like, for example, like billionaires names come up. Uh, the numbers aren't exactly 100% the same, but the message is the same. The message <clears throat> of inequality is the same. Um, it was bad then, it's worse now. 
which is yeah. why I to show it to you, you know? We should stop and point it out with, um, when it changed, like what the numbers are now. Absolutely. Um, so now, uh, so I mentioned that it's a third, right? Um, now it's at about half. And that's true for the world's wealth as well. Um, the richest 1% own about um, half of the world's wealth. The world's wealth, not the US. Wild. Wild. Yeah, very insane. Um, so let's continue the video. Were good, everyone gained. In Bill Clinton's boom of 1993 to 2000, average incomes went up, just as they did during George W. Bush's boom at the beginning of his presidency. But if you were rich, you gained even more. That's nearly half of all the growth in the Clinton boom years. Under Jesus, look, dude. Look at that. And that's just Clinton, you know? So Clinton, I, I kind of wanted to stop that there and mention that Clinton was kind of like the beginning of the and for the Democratic Party, you know? Definitely. He, he's, he is the, like, the definition of the neoliberal like, Democrats that are in power now. He is like the definition of like the Nancy Schumer's, uh, Nancy Schumer's, <laughs> wow. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Chuck Joe Schumer. Biden, Obama's, like these are all neoliberals. These all kind of stem from the same class of people, the elites. That's why you see fucking like pictures of Bill Clinton hanging out with and Hillary Clinton hanging out with Donald Trump and going to their weddings and stuff and mm -hmm. hanging out with uh, Jeffrey Epstein on his island. Like, that's not a coincidence. They're all intermingling, you know? So let's go ahead and resume the video. George W. Bush, it was even more. No, and there are some really rich people in the U.S. today. In fact, there are now over 3.1 million millionaires but these are not the richest of all. The US has over 400 billionaires, more than any other country in the world. Who's at the top of that pile? These three have a combined net worth of $131 billion. That's just over so, the combined oh, budget shortfall. Okay, I just wanted to pause it there um, because that is one of the updates. So those three alone um, are probably worth more than what uh they were worth then of um, course yeah so bill gates probably has amassed more wealth i mean that's what happens with the one percent you know like their wealth and that's the trend you know that's what's fucked up about it the rich mm -hmm. keep getting wealthier while the poor keep getting poor um, um but what i wanted to mention was that jeff bezos alone is probably worth that amount on your screen right now 131 billion dollars probably a little more uh, after the coronavirus thing uh, happened in, since January of this year. So, Which is really crazy. He's making more in this crisis than, uh, <laughs> boy. I mean, I guess, yeah, you know, obviously people are buying more things online. That kind of makes sense. But you don't really need any more money, bro, do you? Yeah, just the way everything was kind of set up. And, and for how he's treating him, his employees, too. It I'm just is kind of like... Yeah, exactly. So bad that they're striking and yet he's making money off of this crisis. Yeah. So I, I hope he feels, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, I hope he feels the, the heat from today's protests. 
I hope the Amazon executives uh, heard from like people like Chris Malls that they fired, which we talked about on this podcast, mm-hmm. for, um, voicing his concerns uh, along with his fellow coworkers about the coronavirus um, possibility of like infecting everybody on like a giant factory that had thousands of people in there. Really, really interesting. So yeah. uh, let's go ahead and continue the video. Of every state in the U.S. for 2011, more than the cost of the global war on terror in 2010. But haven't the rich lost out as well as the poor in the economic crash? When the economy tanked, everyone suffered. In 2010, the average American earned $26,487, down over $2,000 in real terms on 2006. If you were poor, it's been an even bigger drop. The 24 million least wealthy households in America saw their average income go down by 10%. If you were super rich, it... Oh, wait, let's finish this. Hold on. ...went down too. The 400 wealthiest American households lost around 4%, including inflation. That's down to an average of $270.5 million so even if they lost like that four percent like they're still rich as fuck you know um which is a difference between them and the poor like you have literally almost nothing nothing to lose when you're like poor but these guys have everything to lose so four percent to them when they're at like 270.5 million dollars nothing absolutely yeah and this is just case in point the rich keep getting richer while the poor keep getting poor and that's the system that our legislators have designed. Like it's no mistake that Jeff Bezos has amassed just $24 billion in the time since the coronavirus. In three months. It's no mistake. It's no mistake. Yeah. Dollars per household. So the richest lost 4%. The poorest lost 10%. Part of the reason average Americans have been hit so hard is where their wealth comes from. Before the crash, middle-class Americans had 65% of their wealth tied up in their house. But the richest 1% of the population kept most of their wealth in stocks and shares and business. So, when house prices went south, many Americans found their wealth disappearing too. Now, one in every seven Americans lives below the poverty line. That's a record 46.2 million people. One in six Americans have no health insurance. That's 50 million people. Of every that especially is different now, especially during the coronavirus crisis. We're we're up oh, to 30 yeah. million people that have lost their jobs, and as we know in the United States, because of our fucked up system, our system that uh, that prioritizes dollars over the people's lives that they take care of. Um, they are seeing because of the, them losing their jobs and how the employer empl- uh, gives people uh, insurance. That's that has part of the a lot of the reason to do with a lot of why people are losing coverage right now. So go ahead. Yeah, definitely. I um, seeing these statistics are uh, first off already staggering. Then when you put in that this is nine years old. Um, obviously it's a lot worse, which is outrageous. Um, but this is to me something that in the, the middle of a pandemic should be an obvious 
uh, right. This should be something everybody's pushing for, you know? Um, and it, I feel like universal healthcare is something that we, we're no longer talking about. Um, and I would think that it would be in the forefront of all of this. So I don't know. I just think that that's kind of um, interesting to, to, to note. But also the fact that what, with these statistics and with the money and everything, these people who are already wealthy are getting richer and the poor um, are getting poorer. And in the middle of a pandemic, they're losing their jobs. So they're losing their insurance. So people who did have insurance, who did have a stable income, no longer have that. Um, and don't have a lot of resources for other avenues of income. Exactly. Um, like they were just saying, you know, with the top 1%, they have a lot of their assets in stocks and such. So, um, yeah, it's just, you would think that people would see this and clearly understand the systematic, that this is systematic. <laughs> um, this is systemic, this, uh, um economic inequality that's the problem though i feel like ash it's it's the proud part of the a big part of the problem that we see as a trend throughout many issues is that the media doesn't tell them the mm -hmm. media does not tell the mass the masses the majority of the american people what's really going on they're lying yeah. to you guys which is why you guys don't know about this like mm -hmm. if this is news to any of you um then it's I, I'm not going to say it's not entirely your fault because to a certain extent it is your fault for not looking through it. Like for uh, example, like people like uh, Ashley and others are, and myself have done. Um, but, but even still like, mainstream exactly. media. Yeah. It's the media, you just turn on your television. Yeah. I just think it's really important not to blame others every single time 100%. I think it's oh, really sure. important to have a little responsibility. That's the only reason why I mentioned that. But largely, the media does not tell you guys. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's a huge reason why you guys don't know about this. So let's go ahead and continue the video. 17 Americans, at least one will be earning below the minimum wage of $7.25 per hour. 14.5% of American households are defined as food insecure. That means for every seven households, one will have trouble putting enough food on the table. But some things are doing very well. Sales of luxury cars are up. Big luxury brands have reported their best sales figures in years. Tiffany Jewelers up. Brands like Louis Vuitton and Givenchy. Brands like Gucci, Leaf Saint Laurent, and Porsche. And America's top executives are paying themselves very well, too. It is down, but still pretty good. $4.9 million each in the latest figures. And a Washington Post investigation found the following. Since the 1970s, median pay for executives at the nation's largest companies has more than quadrupled, even after adjusting for inflation, according to researchers. Over the same period, pay for a typical non-supervisory worker has dropped more than 10%. But don't the super rich pay? That's crazy. Let's take a look at that chart once again. Insane to kind of look at that, right? What are your thoughts on that after that? Like in hearing him explain that. Doesn't it all just make sense? <laughs> well, I don't even have words for it. I mean, I think we all know that the average worker gets paid 
basically nothing in comparison to the CEO of the company they're working for. Um, but when you look at a chart like this and you see that from what was that maybe 1950, we could even say is where this chart starts um, to 2011, where we are now, it's jumped by, I mean, 4 million, over 4 million um, it's crazy they're even making a million, two million. I mean, and then the the worker, the average worker rate has gone down. Um, I, that's that's really um, scary also. And it also tells me that the priorities um, in this country <laughs> have always kind of been skewed uh, against workers and against the um, middle class, which is sad because this country, you know, at least we're taught this country is built uh, on the middle class and you're supposed to be able to come here um, to the U.S. and have this uh, quote unquote American dream where you are able to kind of um, uh, come with nothing and succeed with ever and, you know, are able to receive everything um, from your hard work. And clearly that's not the case, you know, when the average worker can't really work the, their way up the chain mm -hmm. easily and they're not getting raises they're not they're staying at the same and what a lot of people will say is that like okay well a ceo can do a lot more than me they know a lot more granted you're 100 percent right right like for the most sure. part people are getting paid more because they can do more right but what you should know is that the rates that we're seeing the levels of pay for ceos in the united states compared to other countries so let me uh put this into perspective for you so the united states they uh, <laughs> our ceos are paid about 300 times more than their average worker in countries like japan they pay their ceos um they have a ratio of about 30 30 to 1 um for that pay scale so it's only 30 times more than what the average worker gets paid in Japan. So to see those kind of differences and to be aware with them, uh, that's just one example uh, comparing the U.S. with Japan. But there are men, this is a very common thing um, for across countries to do. But the U.S., like, we're number one in billionaires. Is that a good thing, though? No. Set. No. But don't the super rich pay taxes? They do. Just not quite so much as the rest of us. If you earn between $100,000 and $200,000, you will be paying up to 25% effective tax rate. And that's before payroll taxes kick in. The 400 richest tax returns surveyed by the IRS paid just 18.1% in 2008. And it's got better for them. Look at that. And in 2008, when the whole housing crisis was screwing every other American. They were only paying 18.1% in taxes. To me, this is what's ludicrous. And I was actually just, sorry, I'm like ranting for a second. I was just talking to Jen about this the other day. The amount of millionaires and billionaires that we have in this country and other countries have as well, if one or two billionaires and one in two millionaires would get together and those four would kind of fund one industry in the United States, we could keep everybody funded, keep everybody paid while they can't go to work, 
pay everybody who is an essential worker sick leave if they get sick. Um, I mean, th the, this idea isn't crazy. Um, this is what you, we should be doing is helping the least of our people when they need it the most. And instead, you have people in 2008 with this huge housing crisis who are getting taxed less than people who are losing their homes. How? How? Occupy Wall Street is totally needed to happen. And something needs to happen now, too, because this is getting ridiculous. A million percent, which is once again, let me uh, reiterate the reason why we're showing this video is because it was bad then. It's way worse now and it's going to get worse. So these numbers are just to kind of put into perspective for you. Like this is a reality. This thing already happened. People are already out and about and protesting these things. Now we just got to do it again. Yeah. In 2001, as George W. Bush became president, that rate was 23%. So is it 99% versus 1%? The richest 1% of the U.S. population own a third of U.S. net worth. But an even smaller group, the 0.01% of the population, are at a record high. In fact, is it really 99.99% versus 0.01%? So where do you fit? Are you one of the 99.99% or one of the 0.01%? That's great imagery That's, there. It is, I was gonna put it back actually. Like, look at, the, look at how powerful that is. Like that's, this is the reason in, a, in one picture, in one image, why they're, why they're scared of us. You know, this is the reason why movements work from the bottom up. Absolutely. We have the numbers. Mm -hmm. And nothing happens without our say so. You know, like these people don't get into office without us voting for them. You know, they can endorse as many people as they want. You know, uh, they, they can endorse as many people they, as they want, but they won't win until people actually are brainwashed, fooled, or whatever into voting for those people. Which was the case in 2020, which is why I bring it up. <laughs> um, but uh, let's but go. yeah, I mean, just looking at this imagery, it's really. Um, I actually wrote about it in my political journey, um, like just about this podcast and like why uh, I am so ex excited and happy to be involved in it because we are of such a large group. And um, to think that this fly on the wall size group is running the entire country um why <laughs> why good good question <laughs> um because we're not doing anything about it that's why exactly uh the, the american people aren't letting their voice uh be heard they're either brainwashed into thinking that one of the the one of the representatives of the two-party system uh, is going to actually do what they is in their best interest, um, or they think they're going to help them in some way. I don't know why they would think that. Um, I mean, your twelve hundred dollar track from Trump <laughs> might have helped a little bit, band aid, sure, but is it going to help you in the long run? Probably not. Is it going to help in the long run that the president is also probably? I mean, not probably. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's just say probably. He's probably. Um, 
not informed or going to keep lying to you about like the drugs that work for uh, coronavirus. Um, the dude lies like every other word, I feel like. Um, the, Donald Trump is just a huge comment, which is why like, I don't mention that enough on this podcast. Um, and enough about Republicans. It might seem that to our audience that we're like heavily against like the Democrats or whatever, but that's <laughs> the case, you know? Like I, I hate Donald Trump. I hate the Republicans, like for the most part, like they're, they're pretty shitty, um, which is why I think that it's common sense for everybody to just be like, okay, like you're looking at Donald Trump. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty shit candidate. But I think there's a better chance of reaching liberals that have common sense um, and can look at the data and things and change their minds, you know? Um, so anything to say about that? Yeah. Um, first, um, hate is a strong word. So I don't know if I would say that okay, I hate yeah, anybody I was, okay, okay. in particular, sure. but I think it's fair to say that I also do not agree with either side, Republicans or Democrats. Okay. Uh, I just want to yeah. just say that um, I don't hate them. I hate their policies. I don't attack people. I attack their ideas. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So Fair that's... enough. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't saying anything bad about you. I'm just saying, I'm not going to say that I hate them, but I definitely dislike um, their clear agenda. And I, Democrats and Republicans do have uh, opposite, opposite agendas to a point, policy agendas specifically. Um, but behind it all, they're motivated by the same things. They want the same sort of outcomes. Mm -hmm. um, Democrats will tell you that they want universal health care, that they want these more progressive policies, but they're, they don't. They're lying. Um, they, <laughs> they, want, they say those things because they want your vote. Um, and then eventually they're going to tell you that it's going to cost too much or that it's going to increase your taxes, which is also a big, big lie because um, as you saw at the beginning of this crisis, they were just printing money all frilly willy for mm -hmm. rich folks, uh, corporations. So clearly they do have the money. And we just watched a video where a bajillion people in this country are millionaires. So clearly we can tax some people and get universal health care and we can get cheap education, a higher education or free higher education like the majority of other developed countries. Um, but um, I kind of forgot where this rant was, go was going. But um, yeah, I just, it's, it's time for us to demand the things that we want. And the two party system is not playing either of the roles um, or not fitting either of the roles we want them to fit. I'm not comfortable aligning myself with either of them. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think this is a great uh, way to talk about the next thing we're going to talk about, which is the reason why a lot of people are protesting for the wrong reasons now you know so um as i kind of prefaced earlier on in the episode i had mentioned that <clears throat> a lot of people are protesting uh in states like wisconsin earlier today they were protesting in a loop in chicago um i'm sure there have michigan been other spot yeah in michigan i'm sure dc has their own protesters and stuff too so but we're what we're noticing is that they're protesting not being able to get a haircut not being able to go to the restaurant um, things like that, like trivial things that don't really matter, you know? 
And people are continuing that trend to protect the things that don't matter. But what matters and what we're trying to kind of change the direction of what's going on right now is because we want to direct your anger in the right places to the right people. Um, and how, let's talk about this. So where should our anger and our frustrations and all of that kind of like be going towards? You're asking me? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I think the biggest thing about this protest against stay-at-home orders is the fact that people are protesting their, um, you know, right to free speech. They want to be able to, you know, go where they want. If this is this is obstructing their liberty, um, <laughs> and it's just wild to me that people are protesting this type of a of a thing while we're in the middle of a pandemic. A clear reason why we should be staying at home, mm -hmm. and yet we have amendments that are being infringed upon on a regular basis every election cycle um and people are blindsided uh, or blinded by the media and um maybe ignorant and not looking themselves and so we have these crazy protests for people who think that it's more important for them to be able to leave their house and go get their nails done um, or go to the movie theaters, then um, then protest something like healthcare for grocery store workers who might get sick, or Amazon workers to be able to be equipped with masks and gloves. Dude, I saw Whole Foods is going to start giving people masks at the door. The customers. So now that it's affecting you, because customers have to wear masks in your store, you're going to pass them out, but you couldn't supply all of your workers with them. And uh, like Amazon, especially, especially and warehouse workers, um, this is the stuff that we should be talking about. Not, oh my gosh, really? I have to stay at home because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And we should be protesting. I, I think the financial aspect of it is insane. You know, like it, it's so profound to know and be aware of the financial detriments that the American people have had to under, uh, have had to experience time and time again uh, within a short uh, time frame. Like there was that hiccup in the 90s where with the economic, uh, it was, I believe it was 93 when that kind of economic uh, downshift kind of started uh, hit again in 2008 with the great recession with the great recession and now in 2020 again after 12 years or so of having a, the longest like bullish market that we've ever experienced um, and it's coming it erased all of the the progress that the US economy had made uh, in the time since 2008 all of that gain is lost um, yeah. but at the same time, we're also seeing things like, uh, titles in the news, like, um, record 52 week high for, um, Apple or Amazon or whatever. Um, I've seen that for many companies now and during this time frame, and that, it's really insane to see like the financial sector is doing super well during mm -hmm. this time of such economic downturn um 
and that's no coincidence, you know? Um, Absolutely. I think this is a great way to kind of like start talking about what we think that we should, what we should do, you know? So like, let, uh, let's bring up our sign now. Um, we want to come up with a trend for you guys across social media. We want you guys to hold up a sign like the one we're about to show you. Ash is about to show you guys. So take a good look. I will move the screen. There you go. So as you can see there, demand change, demand democracy, hashtag protest, uh, two-party cycle. So, um, and shout out uh, Oligarchy Disruptor podcast in the top corner there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but guys, we would love what we kind of envision for you to, to do. Uh, Ashley, if you can just hold it up and kind of like put it around under your head like that. Um, like that's what we kind of envision like these kind of posts to look like. Uh, you to kind of be like there present um, and then also make your voice heard. <laughs> Ashley's a great model as you can see. Uh, her part-time job on the side. <laughs> Do some funny TikToks, guys, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, um, all jokes aside, this is super, super important. Let's make this trend. Um, that hashtag, please use it with uh, every picture that you take of the, the um, uh, with your sign or whatnot. Um, rant, whatever, do whatever you want to do. But let's make this hashtag trend. Let's get the attention of the oligarchs. Let's get the attention of the people that are running our country. Let's start a new Occupy movement. Definitely. You know? well, let's bring up this, the, the craziness that it is the 2020 election, too. Um, that's what is infringing on our democracy right now as well. Um, you know, the whole hashtag protest two-party cycle um, it's the, it's the fact that no party is for the people and we need a party that's for the people, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or whether it's just an average day, we need somebody who is going to be out, out there looking for our best interest instead of looking for the best interest of um, corporations. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, um, what I think is also interesting to kind of note is to be aware of um, what happened in 2011 with the Occupy movement, how there was not really any um, one list of demands or anything. There was no leadership. There was no organization uh, in that type of movement. I think that should be different this time around, especially with the power of social media. I think we can definitely organize around this. Um, I just thought of this on the spot, but we might create like a group on social media, uh, like Facebook, a Facebook group to kind of talk uh, between uh, ourselves, organize uh, in our cities. Um, in Chicago, I mean, I'm definitely going to do this. Ashley, we'll, we'll do this as well, of course. Um, kind of start this movement because it is very, very much needed um at this time and I, I think if you guys can kind of like push tell a friend tell your mom uh tell your dogs whatever kind of hold up this <laughs> um and protest because this is how movements this is how countries and societies change you know mm -hmm. it is from the ground up you know that's why bernie sanders has always pushed the idea of having grassroots support because real change happens from the bottom up, you know? And that's what needs to change. We need to have a government that actually listens to us, does what we tell them to do, uh, and is reciprocate, uh, they uh, are receptive to the ideas that we want, you know? And 
Like that's just not happening and it hasn't been happening. Uh, like there's just those crazy the statistics that uh, although like Congress has like abysmal approval ratings, they are elected at over a rate of over 90% because of how our laws and our elections are set up. It's fraud. It's fake. These people. Undemocratic. Exactly. And especially for the Democratic Party, like I, now that I say Democratic, I'll always pretty much, uh, put a, like, <laughs> you guys can't see me if you're listening on the podcast, but I'm doing my little like quotes with my uh, two fingers here uh, because- Air quotes. <laughs> yeah, air quotes, my bad. <laughs> um, because that is- um, it's not true, you know, like they, um, I'll always kind of like portray the Democratic Party like this, at least the corporate side of the Democratic Party. They're more pretty, uh, pretty faces, pretty smiles. Like, as you can see, like, uh, Obama has a really nice smile, like great guy, charismatic, hard not to like him, right? And it's, that's not a, a, on, I mean, that is on purpose as well. Uh, Nancy Pelosi <laughs> is like a, a little old Italian grandmother, you know, like, uh, Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, like all these like charismatic things they use to hide behind um, their real persona, which is backstabbing every every American that they uh, that voted for them. All the the Democrats, especially Barack Obama and Joe Biden, backstabbed all those Latinos that voted for them over uh, both times. Um, the Obama himself was known as a deporter in chief, barely did anything for uh, the Latino community at all um, during his time. How about what he did for African Americans? Absolutely nothing with building all of those private prisons. Um, it's um, over half the population in prisons are black and brown folks. So. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. That's why this movement is so important for you guys to, to understand, like not only to just be aware of, to understand like how deep this is, you know, this is rooted in our society, you know, uh, our governments, our laws are, it's written into our fucking laws, like how mm -hmm. corrupt our government is. Uh, and it's just, the reason why we need to protest and not people will say like, Oh, we just make sure you vote accordingly. Like do this, do that. Like the traditional norms. Well, what are you going to do? There's no way Joe Biden is going to win the presidency. Let's just start with that. So we're going to lose the white house. We're, we're probably still going to have Mitch McConnell run the Senate. If we're lucky, we can retain the house. I think we kind will. of get shit done and kind of get shit done like with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she didn't even want to fucking pass like UBI. Uh, but I guess now she's kind of like open to it. Like if Donald Trump was open to it and the Republicans are open to it, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you not be open to it as well? You know, like that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. That's kind of because of whomever she's working for, not her constituents. Exactly. So, um, once again, just to kind of be aware of everything that's going around and understand it um, on a fundamental level to see how fucked up everything really is. And this is like, I've mentioned it before, like this is what happens when you start to follow along in politics, like after a few years, like, uh, like in my own personal journey, I have, I said that I had only pretty much been involved in politics since like maybe my college years, early college years, like really active into it. And what is that like only like four years? Um, and look, in that short time, like you just learn so much if you pay attention to all the things uh, to what is said on the mainstream media and what 
mostly what isn't said. Uh, and what isn't said is a lot, a lot of stuff, which is why our podcast exists. To and then you start to wonder why, mm-hmm. why doesn't they, don't they talk about it? Why doesn't it exist? hundred percent. So ask yourself those fundamental questions. Look through the, uh, look through the internet. There's the answers are there for you. Look through our podcast. We have, uh, this is our 62nd episode. All we do is this. We specialize <laughs> in telling you guys the, the stuff that no one wants to talk to you about. Um, the stuff that they don't want you to know. So look through our episodes. There is gems in every single one. I promise you. Um, let us know which ones you like. I would love to hear back, but I think this is a great way, uh, great place to wrap up this episode. So once again, guys, show up. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, write your signs. Demand change. Demand democracy. Hashtag protest two party cycle. And that's what it is. This is a, a horrible horrible cycle that they have put us under uh, a trance if you will for the last <clears throat> I don't even know how long it's just, probably since the inception of our country <laughs> absolutely insane uh, but more so in the last few decades I would say between uh, the Democrats and the Republicans Early, earlier on there's a lot of like weird shit like wigs and whatnot I don't even want to go into that um, but once again guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast please uh, write to your representatives uh, call them email them, text them, uh, do everything you can on top of just this too. Like this is supplemental. This is meant to catch their attention, but you will directly get their attention by calling them, emailing them, texting them, whatever you want to do. Uh, yes. Social media, do everything you can to make sure this change happens. Go ahead. Yes. And if you know anybody who lives in New York or if you're listening and you are in New York, I highly, highly, highly suggest you call Board of Elections, call your, um, call your um, congressman, your senator, your governor, governor to tell them you are unhappy with um, Bernie being taken off, um, uh, that you're unhappy with them canceling the primary. That is super undemocratic and let them know that you know that that is and you are not happy. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because and that, they'll listen to you as a New Yorker. So tell your New York <laughs> friends. <laughs> they're undermining democracy by doing that, guys. Like a hundred percent, not being like biased or anything. They're undermining democracy by doing that. So definitely do your research. Let's wrap it up here. Thanks so much again, guys, for listening and tuning into the podcast. We cannot wait to see you and uh, and all your signs exactly on the next episode. So once again, guys, thanks. Bye.